Follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. I am Shad, here with Matt. Matt, how are you doing? <laughs> yes, Matt, I'm doing double duties, apparently. <laughs> it's me. You get me. Um, I guess we'll have to talk enough for me and Brad. Because yeah. Brad, uh, sadly, there was some uh, technical difficulties on his end. And by that, I mean, they had, what, like a bad storm roll through? Nope. And the power company is just doing all sorts of weird stuff with turning the power off. Yep, it's because uh, of the heat wave. You know, I was about to say like there there hasn't been a heat wave here, but there has been. Like tomorrow is supposed to be like ninety five. All uh, uh, last week the, into this week, where I am, it's been in the nineties with a heat index of a hundred or more. And Brad ain't that far from me in terms of the United States. That sounds awful, but I, I so I dodged the bullet kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, I was potentially going to have to go out of town to augusta georgia yeah this weekend and uh that that trip got postponed a little bit it'll happen sometime in the next few months i imagine but i was looking at the heat index because if, if i like obviously if i want if i have to travel somewhere i want to look and see what the temperature is so i know how to pack accordingly i know what i'm getting myself into etc and i was looking at it and it's like every single day it was like the high was like 100 over 100 yep. and it's like god damn what the hell's going on yeah we just we're in a heat wave i guess so yeah all right i don't mind heat waves i don't really like the cold yeah i, I, I can deal with heat we're yeah. we're in a place where we're right now it's it's not just heat there's a lot of humidity because kentucky has more uh fresh water in it than just about any other state like within quote unquote the borders of, of the state mm. so it's good and humid um <laughs> and i uh i've had a hard time with you know i go to work and i have to dress at least sort of professionally and i'm just sweltering because kilts are not considered a professional apparel mm. and it's a bit much but yeah, that's that's the background on what Brad's putting up with, but he should be back with us soon. We we're in regular correspondence with him. He's all right, but it just sucks. Yeah, so, his his phone at least is yeah, <laughs> at least works. Right. So uh, we'll get our shoutouts taken care of real quick here <laughs> at the beginning. The first one go to Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. Collar and Elbow brand.com use the promo code four corners podcast that's number four capital c and corners capital p and podcast to save 10 percent off your order mm-hmm. and then we'll go to you matt uh, that would be to orlando cologne uh orlando cologne as far as i know does not have a dui and uh he's never been uh, accused <laughs> of being a sex pest <laughs> uh, 
I, I don't think he's on any of those things. I wanted to start this actually with a joke. I was going to do a joke, Shad. It was like, mm-hmm. hey, Shad, uh, has anything happened this week in the world of wrestling? <laughs> oh, gosh, Matt, it's I don't like... know. Has anything... It's funny. I was thinking about this earlier. So if I'm not around for an episode, it seems like you and Brad talk about women's wrestling. If you're not around, Brad and I talk about tabletop stuff. If Brad's not here, apparently you and I get to get into the sordid awful drama of the wrestling world yes apparently we uh we're recording this on a thursday mm-hmm. um and that's because we were actually originally supposed to be doing a show with our buddy uh, tim open an airlock policy on mm-hmm. twitter um but he said like he couldn't really do it this week it's like a bad week for him so yeah uh, we were supposed to do a review of predator predator I watch predator we that i imagine that's going to be we're going to be doing that show probably sometime in the next couple of weeks. So sometime uh, look, soon. Yeah, look forward to that. That's going to be like really fun. Rewatching Predator, it's like I actually, I mean, I watched it a lot of times when I was a kid. But mm-hmm. it's obviously when you watch it as like an adult, you pick up different things. But damn, that movie's like fun and really like crazy. It is way better written than I remembered it being. Oh, and Arnold puts in a way better performance than I remember. Yeah. There's there's foreshadowing and there's layering and lots of stuff that I didn't expect from what is kind of falls into the category of the dumb 80s action movie, but it's it's like the quintessential 80s action movie. If I, I would almost rate it as like the best 80s, it probably is like it's arguably the best 80s action movie. Yeah, but there are there are ones that are kind of fun in a different way like commando yeah also an Arnold movie i consider commando to be the quintessential one because i would there's not much good in commando but it's fun to watch yeah i would i would not dispute that that's it's it's a really good it's really fun movie i I really like commando (laughs) let off some steam bennett (laughs) but uh yeah this week i kill you last i lied (laughs) it's so goofy yeah this week um it went from it seems like that here in the last week it started with oh is forbidden door going to be any good to now wow there's way bigger things to deal with and oddly by recording on a thursday instead of our normal night we've dodged the curse we dodged the curse curse, curse. and um, we also did it it's happening like after uh after Dynamite on Wednesday, mm-hmm. and I will say there was a lot of concern going into like is has Forbidden Door been like built up enough? And I will literally, I personally feel like in one Dynamite show, like they did a lot to build up the show. Yeah, in one Dynamite. Yeah, and Tony Khan's like, hey, what were you worried about again? And everybody's like, never mind, we were. Yeah, and it looks good, but. Yeah. Uh, we did dodge the curse because there was stuff. There was stuff that was happening. That the Jeff Hardy stuff happened at the beginning of the week. Yeah. So we would have probably been able to like to cover that, but the whole Vince stuff that was literally just broke like yesterday. Yesterday. It's like it feels like it's been around for a week. But yeah, there's a lot there. There's a lot. Apparently. So we're gonna start with Jeff Hardy. Uh, if mm. you don't know the story, Jeff Hardy was arrested in North Carolina. For failing, driving erratically, failing to yield to a police officer, driving on a suspended license, a whole bunch of other stuff, and basically blowing three times the legal limit on the breathalyzer. 
almost four times. Almost four. You know, I don't think that my body could get that far along, but here he is. And I, this has kicked up a lot of dust. I, I've, I don't drink like I used to before I had a child. I I don't think I even have like the tolerance anymore. Like I can drink some beers, I guess. Mm-hmm. But like I, even if I was like just falling down drunk, and I have been sad to say, it's not. I'm not. It's not a. I don't recommend this to kids or younger <laughs> folks. But I've been. I've been like blackout drunk before. And even then, if you had asked me, like, to, well, if you had told me to blow on a breathalyzer. Like, I would not have probably blown that much. Like, I don't right. even know how you do that much. I don't know. I don't know. know how you still function. Like, walk around, let alone drive a car. It, it, I just don't get that. You're, to me, like, that would be like you're edging into alcohol poisoning. Right. It seems to me that if you're four times the legal limit, the fact that you're able to stay upright and not asphyxiate on your own vomit is impressive in its own yeah. right. Like, I drink a little bit. I was, I didn't for most of my life until my doctor looked at my chart and was like, oh, yeah, that's not a thing. You don't have that. And so I kind of forayed in a little bit, but I've never even been buzzed. So I will say that my times have been like socially drinking. Mm-hmm. Like I'm at a party with people or I, I'm at a, out at a bar with people. It's it's always been like that type of thing. Right. Uh Nowadays, like I don't as much go out with people because obviously, you know, being a parent, it's a little rough. Yeah. Um, but I, I have gone out occasionally with like some buddies uh, or friends, and I will drink some. And I, there's been once or twice where I definitely got like tipsy. Yeah. But nowhere near like blackout drunk. Right. And nowhere near like anything that was going on with Jeff Hardy. Right. Like I don't know if you saw the. Um, the cops like dash cam video, but like they are, they're kind of like physically guiding him out of the vehicle and off to like sit down on the curb. Ooh. It's like, he's just out. Of, he's just out of it. Right. See, this is scary because from, well, Jeff has a habit of apparently getting in a vehicle. That's why his license is suspended to start this whole thing off with. I wanted to pull a report that actually came back from Mania Weekend, because apparently Jeff was, if I remember the story right, and I don't exactly remember where this came from, but it came from one of the sources that I find credible, which is the only reason I'll repeat it right now. Jeff was apparently hanging out in a hotel lobby with a bottle of whiskey, saying that it was his best friend and his worst enemy, and now everyone... There there was a bunch of uproar... Because it's the internet, and of course there was, about, like, why didn't people do anything then? And I got to thinking about it. Okay, we know Jeff has a problem, right? That's pretty well documented. And especially as as beat up as Jeff got doing Jeff matches in the last uh, month, month and a half or so, Mm -hmm. I could see AEW officials keeping an eye on him being, like, okay, we know this is here, but yes, he's an addict, yes, he's doing this again, but he has not put anyone in danger. We're keeping an eye on it. And then he does this, and 
honestly, I thought Tony Khan reacted about perfectly. Well, alcohol is tricky because alcohol in and of itself is not illegal. Right. So, I mean, and, and it's, it's a story as old as – it's decades old like with the wrestling business. It's like guys self-medicate a lot and – <laughs> it's kind of like, well, if they're self-medicating with alcohol, that's not good. It's not positive, but it's a, it's legal. It's better than some of the other options too. It's better than them doing pills, um, yeah, or some other stuff. I mean, it still can be bad, and I mean, it's bad. Like alcoholism is horrible. Like uh, abusing alcohol is not good. I mean, someone like uh, like Steve Austin. He's talked about it. like he had issues with with drugs and alcohol because mm-hmm. um, he was he hit his neck his neck got broke and right. fixed and it still wasn't doing that great uh, and he would be drink he say what he would say he would do like hard alcohol he'd do yep. like a you know, like a fifth of something or he would drink like a lot of alcohol and a day like a night along with bill uh, with pills but it's that's bad but yep. I mean it, people do it they they self medicate and that's that's pretty common it's like you. In the wrestling, like in the wrestling business per se, per, you have to go out there and do stuff, which is like really putting a lot of wear and tear on your body. So I can get that guys have pain, and Jeff probably more than more so than others because of the kind of the daredevil style he's done in mm-hmm. his lifetime. And even over like the last like three months, him coming in doing spots he probably should not be doing. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's really bad, but. If he's just doing like alcohol, like I can see them being like, okay, well, until we see it's like a problem, we'll just monitor it. I could see that happening. Right. And like you said, if they came down on him for alcohol and he started doing something that was easier to hide, you you hit the nail on the head. Alcoholism isn't good, but we're in a better place now than we were in the late 90s with people dropping dead from soma abuse. So. Oh, yeah. I could see that, and like I said, Tony Khan reacted about as perfectly, I think, as someone could. He said, mm. this is not cool. Jeff is going on unpaid suspension until he goes to treatment and gets help. Okay, that's, for me, that's about as good as it can get, because if you cut him off entirely and just cut him adrift, it seems to me like you're going to make things worse. Two, he has an incentive to get cleaned up. Three... Tony is very clearly not endorsing this behavior because he's saying, you're not getting booked, you're not getting paid, you have to get help first. Yeah, and there was some heat initially because I think like the news broke like Monday. Mm-hmm. Late um, Monday, Or Sunday. It, it happened like uh, earlier on in the week, early. Mm-hmm. And it, it, like there was like a day before Tony Khan issued a statement and there was like heat. That was thrown at AEW and Tony Khan. It's like, why isn't AEW commenting on this? And then a day later, Tony Khan actually like tweeted out like what he did, what he basically his the statement where it's like, look, I waited because I wanted to talk with Jeff, and then here's the situation: like Jeff is going to be suspended without pay mm-hmm. until he can complete a treatment program. Uh, and there's like some interesting language there. It was like until he completes a treatment program and stays sober. Right. Um. I could foresee something where it's like once he finishes the treatment program, he's brought back. Because it's like you can't – unless you have a babysitter with him there 24-7, like you don't know how often he's sober. 
I, I don't imagine he's going to be sitting on the shelf for like six months per se, uh, just to make sure he's sober. Although that maybe that is what they're going to do. Maybe right. Tony, it's like it's a, maybe it's a three month, two month, three month program, and then when he comes out, it's like okay, that's great. Like we're going to monitor you for like two, three months. Yeah, I don't know, but uh, it did make me think that he's bringing. It's just like Jeff's. This is his one chance. It's like, okay, you screwed yeah. up. Um, you can make good by going through treatment and staying sober. But next time, it's like, that's it. I yeah. can see that being the case. It probably should be the case. I, in my day job, uh, teaching incarcerated people and people who are in recovery programs. As it turned out, the incarcerated people that I teach are actually in recovery programs. So every client I deal with professionally is in recovery. And... There are some people who have been really hard on Matt about this. How can Matt be supportive of Jeff when Jeff keeps doing this? And number one, it's his brother. You, you're gonna this guy. You're you've gone up and down the road, done all this crazy stuff with your brother. It's gonna be really, really hard to do any kind of cutoff on that. Yeah. Two, the difficulty for addiction is first of all i believe the statistic is for people whose recovery sticks it takes on average seven attempts at recovery the the average person with substance abuse disorder goes through seven attempts at cleaning up before sticks and i don't know how many jeff has had he may have had long periods of substance abuse or it may have been in spikes like we've seen pop up in the news i'm not really sure which one but what matt's trying to do is make sure that jeff is not floating out there without any kind of support at all because that would drive him further into his addiction yeah now matt's wife is done with it. Like, she is so sick of it. Incidentally, one of the best memes I have ever seen popped up. Rebby Sky is kneeling with her hands together. She says, please, God, protect my husband with this ladder match coming up next week. And then the next frame has Jeff Hardy's mugshot. and says, ask and you shall receive. Because <laughs> the Hardys were not in the ladder match uh, that took no. place on Dynamite. So... Matt is trying to make sure that he has some sort of support. Rebby is sick of it, and I get why on both I, counts. Yeah, I don't, I don't per se feel like she's. I'm not gonna say she's. I, I don't think she's wrong. It's more like I can understand her frustration. Yeah. Um, and certainly like, for a spouse with they have multiple children, it's like she probably does not want to be caught up, caught up in all that, and she doesn't. Look, they're trying to. They were trying to do this whole like kind of like nostalgia reunion run as the hardy boys and jeff is like immediately screwing that up immediately and so she's probably yeah. just like tired of it and they've gone down the, this road before it's like they he's had a lot of substance abuse issues over the years i don't know how many how many treatment programs he's been through yeah i and i don't i mean that out of pure ignorance in a dictionary definition of the term where it's like i don't know how many Right. Like it could be seven, it could be less than that, it could be more than that. I don't right. know. I, it, in your line of work, is there, is there any kind of indication 
that people go through recovery like in waves and by that i mean if someone has issues with alcohol and drugs drugs of some sort i is it like well i've gotten rid of the drugs but i still drink things like that because jeff so far from what we've seen this most recent thing seems to just be alcohol versus drugs harder drugs or pills right which he has gotten in trouble with before including mm-hmm. legal trouble i mean people yeah. forget that he had oh, yeah. he got busted for like having a lot of drugs a lot of a drugs. lot yeah <laughs> a uh, lot of drugs yeah he could have gone away for like years but he didn't right he was in the realm where trafficking with intent to distribute was very real which is one of the big ones that you get hit with yes but it, it the amount of I have it in front of me, actually. He a search of his house. This is like back in 2009, so it's it's been some years, but right. Uh, 262 Vicodin, 180 Somas, uh, residual amounts of cocaine and drug paraphernalia. There's also, I guess, they found anabolic steroids, but that's I'm gonna shrug at that because I mean a lot of guys have done that over the time, but that's right. not that's not that's more performance enhancing versus like let me get high off a that's also. Sometimes used as a recovery aid for rebuilding yeah. muscle tissue, so I just kind of shrug at that in light of everything else. But a, a layperson, basically, someone who's not familiar with like the wrestling world, they yeah. might see that amount of drugs and be like, "Oh my god, he's going to distribute." Yeah. And in reality, if you've listened to like wrestlers talk about addiction, or old wrestlers talk about the, like in the shoots that they've done in the past, it's like that amount as large as it is, probably just for him. Yeah. Do you because, listen to the Kevin Nash stories? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm thinking, God rest his soul, but uh, Del Wilkes, who was the Patriots, like, when he was at, like, the height of his addiction in, like, the late mm-hmm. 90s, it would be, like, no, nothing, nothing for him to be, like, yeah, I took, like, 20 of them today. Yeah. Of, of pills. So it's, like, if he's, if you're doing, like, two dozen pain pills or muscle relaxers in a day... Right, and it's like two, like two hundred sixty-two Vicodins. It's like, yeah, that might have been like a month supply for him, mm-hmm. not like let me distribute all this, just like a month supply for him. Yeah, that's or possible. even not, even less than that. Maybe it's like a half month supply. It's like that's they, there's insane amount of drugs that are done. So to answer your original question, it's difficult because addiction is different for everybody that goes through it, and Keith Richards is still using Lemmy from Motorhead used just such an absurd amount of drugs that people were baffled that he was still upright. It just didn't affect his body in the same damaging way it did most people. But what one of the things that is common enough that it is basically accepted as the prevailing wisdom is if you are indulging in one addiction, you will indulge in another one. If you have a problem with, uh, if you have a documented problem with alcohol and narcotics and whatever else you want to throw on the table, and you decide to cut back to just using one, then that substance use disorder is active and you will probably pick up the other one. And when I say prob- probably, it's almost certain you'll pick up the other one. 
I'm sure there are cases where they just stick to one, but the problem is substance abuse disorder or substance use disorder. It's abuse disorder. It the actual term is relatively new because there's finally been enough study on it to determine it as a mental illness. Like, this is an actual disorder. This is, your brain chemistry is altered in a way that requires long-term substantive treatment in order to deal with and that sort of stuff. It's treated like a chronic illness because, frankly, for just about everybody, that's what we're looking at. I say just about everybody because I'm sure someone can pull an anecdote somewhere. But I, I kind of want to resist that. Uh, I guess I, I still have like an old school mentality where it's like I, I kind of, uh, kind of push back at the whole idea that it's like an actual mental illness. Um, although I'm saying that, and I, I can be honest with you, like I, you know, like I used to, I used to smoke, mm-hmm. and I stopped like a decade ago. Mm-hmm. Because my wife, then my girlfriend, like asked me to give it up for Lent, uh, which is funny because I'm not even Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> she pulled that Uno reverse on you, didn't yeah, she? Yeah, she is though, and I was like, "Well, I'll participate." And she was like, "Ah, you can quit smoking." So I did, um, and it was a good thing because it's like it's much healthier to not wake up with your lungs hurting because you're right. a smoker. Um, I, but there are times which I'm like, ah, oh, I wish I had a cigarette. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I'm walking somewhere and there are people like outside uh, a restaurant or bar or something like smoking, like I'll get the whiff of smoke and I'll be like, oh, man, I miss I wish I had a cigarette right now. It's like yeah. I, so that that kind of idea, the concept of it being like an addiction that's still in there. Like mm-hmm. I like I, it's it's so many years. It's like I don't have like a physical like addiction to nicotine again. Uh, that's purely like psychological. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, even though I I kind of like dispute it, I I also don't know that I really can because right, I kind of have it or have had it. It's it's tough because like I said, lots of people could come up with well, I know one person that, mm-hmm. and okay, sure, but remember, I did say this was different for everybody. So one anecdotal point is not going to stack up against... I'm not even a treatment professional. I just happen to work with those populations a lot. And the number of cases that I have seen... I have not seen someone who's come through and been like, Oh, you know, when I'm just on alcohol, just drinking, then I'm fine. Every one of them admitted, yeah, I get into one, the others come back. The only thing that seems to not be held in the same regard, oddly enough, is nicotine. But I suspect it's one of those... I'm not sure what the literature on that is exactly. But Jeff being in this... With substance abuse disorder or substance use disorder. I think it's substance use disorder because if whatever. SUD. You're correct. It's it's substance use disorder. Okay. Jeff being in substance use disorder means that 
if he is indulging, then this is going to snowball. And Jeff being in a place where, before all this broke, there were reports out there that Jeff was really beat up from some of the stuff he had done beforehand, which leads me to believe he's self-medicating. And then that snowballed very quickly, if that's the case. And here we are. And supposedly, the story was that the Hardys were going to win the tag titles, if not this week, then very soon. And there was the the idea that there was some heat about that. I don't know that I agree with the heat on that for the simple reason of if you've got a legendary tag team like that and you want to get the last bit of mileage out of them, you can. You might as well, but having this happen definitely put the kibosh on it. Yeah, I, I don't... I, I'm i not as like excited or was into the Hardy's nostalgia run mm-hmm. that AEW is trying to go with, but I also do... I can't say that it was like a bad decision to push them right. or even push them to like the tag titles. Like I wouldn't yeah. necessarily have done that, but I don't... I can't like grumble about that too much because it's like... Jeff is really beat up. Uh, Matt Hardy is really beat up. Beat up. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, you might as well get what you can out of them while you can. Because mm-hmm. both guys are, like, in their 40s now. And they still have some star power. But it's like, you need to... you need to, Whatever you're going to do with them, you should do it sooner rather than later. Because yeah. their bodies are not going to hold up. Right. Um, and it's kind of like, that's sidebar. But, like, that's kind of, like, the same way where it's, like... You should, if you're going to push CM Punk to like the, the world title or the main event, you should go ahead and do that because right. CM Punk is like what? 43, 44. He's and it's in like there somewhere. And he's, he, I would, I actually personally feel like he's having a great run since he's come back. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if you do something with him, you should do it now yeah. because, uh, it's one thing like when your promotion is still, is like just starting out and you want to, to really give credibility to your title by having the first champion be like Chris Jericho, who was in his late forties. Yeah. Uh, but Chris Jericho was like a huge star and it makes sense. You instantly can add credibility to your belt. And the, like the moment they had the opportunity to put it on someone else, I like Moxley, they did. So and, they did, yeah. I think they did the booking the right way. And booking with someone who is already a known quantity and was popular potentially gets mm-hmm. viewers you didn't have before and they tune in to see the Hardys, and then in seeing the Hardys, they see the Bucks and FTR and Jurassic Express and Private Party and House of Black and Death Triangle, or Lucha Brothers, need to be clear. They can see all of that, and then suddenly they're like, oh, this is the kind of stuff I was wanting to see. It's a, it's a move to get the most benefit you can while you have them. And... Hopefully draw some new viewers. I get that, but yeah. I I don't get why people were grumbling about it. It's Of course you're going to do that. If you've got the Hardys back together, it's going to happen once. It probably I, wouldn't even be a long run. It's just to do it. Yeah, so there's... I think I understand why. It's because there is uh, there is a group of, of fans, and I feel like the, the group is kind of increasing, or at least becoming more vocally prominent. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is arguing that in the last few months, there has been too many people that Tony is bringing in from like, like essentially WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that that's wrong per se because he has right. because 
there's people there that either WWE hasn't used well or wasn't using. Yeah. And release them, and it's like, well, like you had the opportunity to take them, hire them, make them stars for your own company. But I do get the feeling, the criticism that something of AEW is becoming more. It's almost like this is just like NXT, black and gold, uh, rather than AEW, and you're not giving enough attention to AEW homegrown stars. And maybe that's, I, I mean. They've kind of, they're kind of working into like a work shoot, obviously, but that's kind of like some of the grumblings from MJF. It's like you hire all these like WWE castoffs and you won't pay me, and I've been here since day one. Right. Like that's that that promo is like intense because it kind of is touching upon a real thing and some sentiment that's out there. Right. Uh, but there's some that's a whole separate issue, but there is something like that's, that's dangerous because you don't want to do as, as kind of Meltzer has indicated. It's like, you don't want to make the company like the villain. Right. Because once you start doing that, then people might latch on to that. Mm-hmm. And that's long, long term. That's not good for your health. Yeah. Uh, but there is a sentiment there. It's like, if the Hardys, if people, they're going to push the Hardys to the world titles, or at least just being even in like ladder match, there are people that's like, why, like, why shouldn't it be, for example, because people are really getting behind them, mm-hmm. why shouldn't it be like Hobbs and uh, and Stark and Starks? Yeah. Um, and I, it's like I understand why, but it's like people who wanted that. It's like I can't, I can't say that that's wrong. Like those right. guys kind of are doing a great job. They deserve it. Or even like I think that I think that the tag team's like over and done with by now. But when it was Keith Lee and uh, Swerve Scott, it's like okay, this is like. These guys are also like interesting and exciting, mm-hmm. um, and it's also kind of like it's kind of unfair to the Lucha uh, Jurassic Express, yeah. Because because people were just like chomping at the bit for them to lose the titles, um, and they're not even like they're not even a bad team, and they didn't have a bad run. It's just like they've they, their run has kind kind of seemed like they were constantly playing second fiddle to other teams, including right. like former WWE teams like the Hardys well, or Red Dragon or yeah you know, but the counterpoint I have on that is yes there've been a lot of hires that way that seem to me that most of them have a specific place you know Tony Nese was hired and used as basically an enhancement talent for getting Hookhausen going and I suspect that a fair number of them are going to be on over to Ring of Honor or something like that. But look around. Who had most of the titles been on? Until recently, they'd been on Hangman Page, Jurassic Express. Uh, The TNT title had... The last WWE, quote-unquote, person that had been on was Cody. Well, Miro. Well, but oh, well, yes, most you're right. chronologically, yeah. yes. yes, chronologically, yes, and even that was that's kind of a stretch. And Miro was just killing it, so no one faulted them for having that belt on Miro either. People kind of forget that back in the day, it's it's less so now, obviously, but back in the day, it's really been one sided because like the only person who's really jumped to the WWE is Cody, right? Uh, but Back in the day, it's like you would have guys jump between WCW and and WWE all the time. Yep. I mean, every year, somebody's contract was up, they'd move back and forth, and you would be excited. It's like, oh my god, what are they gonna? What is the company gonna do with them? This new company gonna do with these people? Mm-hmm. Uh, and 
we haven't really seen a lot of that, but it's like, okay, a lot of really talented guys got released from the WWE, and then Tony has swapped them up. And I do get what you're saying. It's like the, he's used them, for the most part, he's used them in, like, speci- like roles. Yeah. And I would say that the roles are pretty fair. Yeah. Like, uh, And it really is a case where it's like a lot of the – if you really look at it, uh, the AEW originals, if you want to quit that quote on there, have – been winning yeah. matches um but you could also make the argument it's like well that's they're winning but the focus of the tv is on x wwe guys and it's like you want to push i want to push back on that as an AEW fan but it's also like well that criticism is kind of fair because i watch the tv and this will people will definitely dispute this statement it's contentious but it's like i do not need to see Every single week, either on Rampage or on Dynamite, I don't need to see a, a quote-unquote ultimate elite match. I don't right. need to see Red Dragon. I don't need to see Adam Cole. Like right. I do not. I do not need to see them. And in fact, on like the internet, or Twitter at least, there is like there's actually like a pushback, a big push pushback against Adam Cole right now. Mm-hmm. And it's entirely. It's not because he's like bad. If anything, people acknowledge that he's seems to be in real life like a really nice guy and he in his spare time basically just goes on like twitch and plays video games and chats with people Mm -hmm. and is like super nice with fans so he seems like to be a legitimately good guy but because of how he's being booked and used people are like no i don't want to see him anymore (laughs) for now well that's not just (laughs) i'm gonna say this and then the problem is I'm, yeah, there's going to be a connection, but it's not just like the Undisputed Elite guys. Mm-hmm. Britt Baker's the same thing. Yeah. She was never working there. I suspect, because Tony Khan's other job is being the analytics guy for the uh, the Jaguars, I think, isn't it? Uh, yeah, his, okay. his family owns the Jaguars. So I suspect that what's happening is that Tony was looking at ratings and how they went segment by segment and things like that, and then leaning in on the people who were getting higher ratings. And he has just leaned in on them too long. The other thing that I will push back on, oh, they're just hiring all former WWE people about, is... For example, on Dynamite, Britt Baker lost clean when Tony Storm just pummeled the hell out of her. Mm-hmm. Yes, Tony Storm was employed by the WWE organization, but I would not call her a WWE wrestler. So no, she has had far more success in like Japan, and mm-hmm. her her the extent that she was in the WWE, it's like she was actually in like. I mean, she didn't she win like one of the Mae Young tournaments? That was like years ago. I don't then, remember. Then they put her like WWE NXT UK, which is like uh, Malcolm Bivens, aka Stokely Hathaway, mm-hmm. had a great joke when he got released. It's like if you were to rob a bank, you should hide in, in, in NXT UK. <laughs> no one will look for you. And no one will know you're there. It's like yeah. it's true. It's like that. I know one person who's like, that's my favorite show at wrestling, and he watches a lot of wrestling. Yeah. And maybe it is, because I'm sure, like, the quality of the wrestling is very, very good. But it's also like, when do when does anyone talk about that show? You have to be, like, the hardest of hardcore wrestling fan to even, like, know, like, 
when it comes out on a weekly basis and go seek it out. It's yeah. like it might as well not exist. And I you don't know, like, know how much people there. I don't know how much people there are getting paid either, but I'm not hearing great things about it. So yeah, so she was like for like 90% of her run in the WWE, she was like an NXT UK, and then like briefly towards the end, like they they brought her into NXT, I think for a little bit, and then moved her up to the main roster. And then the main roster, she was used to like what six months, and most of it is just like a joke to yep. the point where she's like, no, I'm done, and like yep. asked for her release. She didn't even ask for it. She just left. Oh, yeah. And said, you can either give me my release or you can keep paying me, but that's up to you. But, yeah, there's... I get what you're saying, but I also don't fully buy it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, so the other big story. And, oh, my God, big story indeed, Mm -hmm. is that... uh, (laughs) Almighty. It broke in an anonymous email from a friend of the woman that's at the center of this to the board of directors way far back, contacted them and said, you should know Vince McMahon paid this woman who had been an employee of your company $3 million not to talk about this. But she was hired on as a paralegal, making 100 k a year. And when she began having an affair with Vince, which, from everything I've read, they say is consensual, but then the power dynamic between the boss, in this case, the boss, Vince McMahon, and then this person that just works there, Mm. started a sexual relationship, and then she started making $200,000 a year, and then, in the email used the phrase, Vince passed her off to John Laurinaitis like a toy. Like a toy. Yeah, that phrase is close, but it's not exact, so don't hold me to it. And so this popped off, and now the investigation has started. And the board of directors, with the exception of Vince, Triple H, and Stephanie, Stephanie. hired a firm which, I'm going to give you the heads up. Brian Alvarez and Dave Meltzer had an uh, installment of Observer Radio that goes on about this for 40 minutes. Mm -hmm. And the Twitter account Trevor Dame did a great job breaking it down. Like, seriously, did a really good job breaking it down. Yes. They hired a firm. Go ahead, Matt. In fairly good detail, he breaks it down. Yes. He has a multi-tweet thread about it. It is is an excellent TLDR for the whole thing. Mm Mm-hmm. They hire a firm to investigate this and the WWE's corporate culture. <laughs> okay, let's have fun with this. That one is, uh, if I was like, you know, Vince and the good old boys there, I would be like, oh, I would be essing my pants. Yes, yes. At that time, I'd be like, oh boy. And supposedly there are multiple NDAs of this nature out there. Yes, which indicating. Or suggesting at least like multiple women, three or all, more at the very least. Otherwise, the it's the wrong use of the word. This got leaked by someone, and it is a big mystery as to who. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it got leaked in like April, and I, no one knows. There's a ton of speculation as to who it could be, but it got leaked in April, and this is just now coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and Dave Meltzer seems to imply that. I, Somebody wanted the story to come out, so it did. Yeah. 
the thing that kills me about the good old boy culture, this is just an aside that I came upon, but mm. if they're seriously digging into that, then this is going to crack wide open because aside from the stories from the 80s about ring boys being assaulted and that sort of thing, mm-hmm. the doctor that was named in the lawsuit that CM Punk had was found to be having a sexual relationship with one of the wrestlers who incidentally would be one of his patients, which goes against the AMA code of ethics. And Really? No, yep. And nobody did anything. Male so, or female? Female. Male I doctor, did. female talent. I had I had never heard this. Yes, I just came across this earlier today. Like I said, it was huh. from another credible source. Most of the credible sources on this you know, on this particular one are going to be the Observer or Fightful because they're corroborating independently but coming to the same information. And Steph leaving is interesting because she knew about this before she left. Yes. And Meltzer says he doesn't know if this has anything to do with why she left, although it sure smells fishy. Yeah, and and I guess we should clarify. It's like when she knew about it before she left, it's like obviously there could be a suggestion or an an implication that she knew about it all along. She knows about the multiple women that potentially are there. That's possible, but it Mm -hmm. could just be like, she was alerted that there's going to be an investigation into this thing happening. Yeah. And so that's when she may have first heard about it, but it does seem her leaving could have corresponded where it's like, I want nothing to do with this. I don't want anyone thinking that my, I'm associated with this in any way. So I'm going to, you know, I'm basically going to pack my bags and get the hell out of here. She's still on the board though. Is she, uh, well, she might have still have, is she still, on the, she might still be on the board because she owns like stock. Yes. But it seems that her duties – there's, like, lots of weird chatter about that because, like, there are some people who are saying, like, she's done. Like, she's not going to come back even though the statement she released indicated that she would come back after, like, you know, a leave of absence. Mm-hmm. And the, at the time – excuse me. At the time, it made perfect sense because it's like her husband literally almost died earlier this year or in the last, like, six months. So it's like her taking a leave of absence. It's like, well, that's, that's understandable. Like, mm-hmm. her – Husband has been through a lot. Maybe she just wants to take some time out for, like, the kids. Yeah. Uh, I think the – at least, like, the oldest kid, I think, is, like, kind of approaching, like, high school graduation age. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's like you, would, you could believe that she's going to step away for that reason. It's like that's perfectly rational. Yep. But this also – the timing is weird, and I don't know. And the fact – this here's the thing that kind of, like – people getting tripped up on and bothers me too mm-hmm. is that she left and then afterwards it's like oh all this like talk about how like oh you know she actually wasn't good at her job she wasn't producing results and everything and it's like that's that back, there's no chance that that back talk isn't getting released without Vince like allowing it to get out right which is so weird to me it fits with a few years ago, everybody they cut, they started trying to burn after they'd been cut. Yeah. But to do this seems really weird. And to say, oh, she wasn't producing or hitting the goal she should have. And I'm like, 
Brad, when we were initially talking about this, made a good point. She's the one that's been doing a lot of work cleaning up their general corporate image. So mm-hmm. even if she wasn't the one directly responsible for the TV deals they have now, she laid a bunch of groundwork to make that possible. So saying, oh, she wasn't hitting her targets, I'm like, that seems rather disingenuous. But, and to hit on this other thing, she's still on the board. Triple H is still on the board. Why are they still on the board? Well, and Matt, you mentioned the thing about the stock. This will come back up later. There's Stock works in a special way with WWE, but like I said, we'll get back to that when we come back around to it. Uh, Meltzer says he's known... The WWE super lawyer is a guy named Jerry McDevitt, who I think is mm-hmm. in Pennsylvania. And Meltzer said, I've known Jerry for decades. We talk regularly. He hasn't said a word to me yet. Which mm-hmm. says to me, he ain't saying anything because he's not sure what's good to say and what's not good to say. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the, the woman that this specifically is about, and they're... There could obviously, there probably is multiple women because there's multiple NDA. So yeah, we don't know anything about that. But this one woman that we have information kind of about the situation, uh, he allegedly. So I guess that the, in the TLDR way to put it, mm-hmm. it's she was hired as a paralegal or a legal assistant, something of that nature, at a salary of a hundred thousand dollars. Right. Um, which is a pretty good salary, even even in you know today's day and age uh and she she was hired to that she then began apparently a sexual relationship with pence and then after that after the relationship had begun all of a sudden her salary increases to two hundred thousand. right so it's like she's literally getting a like a hundred percent increase in, in pay mm-hmm. uh and when i guess the relationship ended and then she got, you know, passed on to John Laurinaitis. John Laurinaitis, as a as a, <laughs> as a toy. And Meltzer was kind of funny. He like in the I listened to the whole forty minute episode. Yeah. Uh, and he almost made it like, what does that mean? That's a toy. It's like, I don't know if he was just kind of like being, kind of like playfully dumb, or he really was confused because sometimes Meltzer like the way Meltzer says stuff or acts. Like I know Brad claims it's like, oh, he just has like a right sense of humor. It's like I've met Dave. Like, I think he sometimes genuinely confused <laughs> about certain things. I'll be honest. There are times when someone will say something like that, and I will choose to take the dumb option because I don't want to have to process what that's implying. <laughs> be like, yeah, I Dave, don't want to think about what that really means. I just – Dave's a really nice guy. I just don't think Dave's mind works in some ways. It's like if he was genuinely confused, it's like, Dave – I think we all know what he means, like passage on the line, like a toy. Like yeah. I think we understand what that is. Um, but when that happened, and eventually, like and everything, she was going to be, I think, let go or whatever. She or maybe left. not. She chose she to left. leave because she oh, was okay. like, "Oh God, this is whatever." Yeah. Uh, but Jerry McDevitt is the one who brokered like a deal with her, where it's mm-hmm. like, uh, "You have to sign an NDA where you can't talk about this relationship. You can't disparage Vince McMahon." Uh, and here's $3 million. He, he like negotiated that deal. So Dave being like, I haven't talked to, to Jerry McDevitt. It's like Jerry McDevitt knows a lot about this, this particular situation because he basically worked out the hush money deal. And so Jerry may be like, I don't want to talk. He's may not be saying Jack about this because there may be some sort of implication going on with him. 
in the sense that it's like if this was like leak really unethical or something yeah and there was corporate issues that were being broken then it's like jerry may know all about that and have been intimately involved in all that so he'd be like i don't want to i i and and like the basic like the civil corporate ways like i plead the fifth i don't want to get involved even though he's intimately involved yeah and so given that he hadn't heard anything incidentally uh when this was recorded dave said that Vince and Johnny Ace were going to go to TV Friday like it was business as usual. Dave's statement was, I don't know how anyone could act like it's business as usual in this situation, but that's what they're doing. Which to me just says, oh, it's denial, really. But this brings up this whole thing about what happens now. Because there have been some people, CEOs, people in powerful places who have been brought down by less than this. Mm-hmm. But there are apparently people in the company who think, oh, Vince is going to come out the other side fine. Johnny Ace well, is probably I, going I, under the bus. He's he's probably going to be the fall guy here. Well, um, that just breaks my ever-loving heart. Oh, he... I mean, there are a lot of people who are really, like, chomping at the bit for Vince to go. And yeah. I, understand, I understand that. Uh, and maybe he should. I'm not. I, I'm not gonna defend Vince because he's he has several decade long history of being like just scummy. Yep. Uh, about his the way he treats employees, women, etc. So I'm not gonna be out here defending him. Yeah. But uh, Johnny Ace has like done a lot of creepy, awful things. Uh, yeah. So it's like I'm not gonna shed a tear if he goes. No. It's just it would be obviously like Vince getting away with it. If it's only Johnny is gone, um, but there's uh, also a an anonymous statement. I think this mm-hmm. came from Fightful, who said this woman no longer works for them, and I so I don't know who it is, or if it the name is attached to it that I don't remember who it is, but said I would have I rather left and gotten my stuff mailed to me in a black trash bag, which incidentally was confirmed to be an intentional insult. I would rather leave and have my stuff mailed to me in a black trash bag than I would to deal with Johnny Ace as the head of talent when it came to dealing with the women. I I don't doubt it. Johnny Ace is one of the main people who is responsible, if I'm not mistaken, for the whole diva era. And he's trying to bring it back! Yeah, he would just thumb... Well, I'm sure he's not alone. I'm sure Vince, mm-hmm. people like Bruce Pritchard, etc. It's like where Johnny Ace would literally like look through, you know, I'm gonna say magazines. I don't really know how it's set up, but like Challenge just, catalogs. Yeah, thumb through like modeling magazines, mm-hmm. see a pretty model who, of course, is usually blonde, um, and being like, oh yeah, her. Yep. Like he was ordering a mail order bride, and it's like he would, he would, they would get those women and, and quote unquote train them. Um, and sometimes it would work out as they were, where they could be like a decent, uh, talent, but most often not. Um, it was generally not good. Yeah. And he was just like, it just seems like he was a pervert. What's interesting and people kind of, people slept on this. Mm hmm. And hated on it because her delivery wasn't very, like, exciting. 
But like two, three weeks ago, you had um, you had Serena Deeb go out and cut a promo. It's a really, uh, and, really good and, promo. Yeah, and and the build up to her match with Thunder Rosa at uh, at the pay per view, the last AEW pay per view. Um, and she double or nothing. And she was like, I put had to put breast implants in my body for perverted old men. Mm-hmm. And she that line, people were like, oh, whatever, it's boring. Her, she didn't give a good promo. And it's like she's not. Serena Deeb isn't like fire and brimstone type of person. And in terms of charisma, it's like she could probably use a little more like charisma in that sense. But you had to listen. It's like, folks, I beg you, just sit down and listen to sometimes a promo that is not like – I mean Dean Malenko would talk out there back yeah. in the day. And she actually gets compared to Dean Malenko all the time in terms of like her actual like wrestling ability and, and the way she kind of comes off. Mm-hmm. It's like Dean Malenko cut a promo when it's maybe it's not like you know Dusty, Dusty Rose out there like me, hold my hand to your hand. Yeah. Like – hard times but it's got to listen to the 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 substance of the content and when she's out there to dustin rose and it's like you know what i've been through like i shaved my head just to get respect and they still didn't give it to me yeah it's like the things that she was saying it's like if you actually read between the lines and understand what she's saying and the things that have happened before it's like this is like a shoot promo and none of you are realizing it yes she's like i had to put i had to get breast implants for perverted old men Mm -hmm. and it's like oh my god especially like now that you're hearing this stuff with vince and everything and johnny it's like god damn oh it gets better well first of all you're right because serena was cutting a serious promo she wasn't trying to be entertaining she's trying to put gravity in it if you're gonna sit out there and call that boring then take a look in the mirror you're missing something but it also tracks because Maria Canellis did a U-shoot after she left there, after she'd been gone from WWE for a while. And Sean Oliver said, did you ever have anybody come up to you and be like, hey, you know, you get more TV time if you were more busty or if you got implants? And she went, yeah. And he went, who? And she, she kind of hemmed and hawed for a second, and then she went, I'm never going back there. Johnny Ace. Like, she just called him out straight on it. So this it fits a pattern of behavior. And so, uh, you know, <laughs> someone was posting this on, on Twitter today, mm-hmm. and it's like an old like interview. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if she specifically mentions him, but I, I guarantee she's probably talking about Johnny Ace. Mm-hmm. But like way back in the day, like when AJ Lee, uh, who, of course, is now essentially out of the wrestling business for the most part, but is married to CM Punk. Yep. It's like. She gave an interview and she said, like, oh, yeah, they were told me, like, well, you know, we don't think that guys really want to have sex with you. And that's kind of a problem. And it's like you someone went to her and it's like, well, you know, you're not. I guess. Can can I get explicit here? You're not fuckable enough. Yeah. We don't think you're fuckable enough. Yeah. Uh, And that's kind of an issue. It's like if you've seen pictures of A.J. Lee, it's like I'm not she's she's a very attractive young woman yeah it's like and one she's attractive so it's like saying like acting like she's horrifically ugly is laughable but beyond that it's like this is gross like this is what your mind turns to intentionally like intensely yeah her job is to be a wrestler yeah like be obviously like it's the wrestling business for 
for many, many years. It's like a, a quote unquote meat business. It's like you need to look a certain way, kind of. In WWE, everyone has had to look a certain way because it was always yeah. a body company. Well, I mean, and other companies women, too. Right? Like we've we've made the jokes about like you know back in the day, it's especially Sheldon Wrestling. It's like where where are the blowjobs? It's like you want to have like the young, attractive baby face. But you don't and, have to have everybody be that. Yes, because you can you, mix you it don't up. Have to be. You can have guys that look rough. You have guys that look that aren't pretty, but it's like they, there's something about them. Like Mick Foley. Is a dude. It's like he didn't necessarily per se like, like he was like a badass gonna kick your ass type of thing, but mm-hmm. he had a unique look. It's like obviously it's like the look, the look is is important. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it, I mean, if you're attractive, it's like it helps. Certainly, you have like in AEW even you have really attractive women as wrestlers. Yeah, Thunder Rosa is like attractive. Uh, Burt Baker is attractive. Uh, Hikaru Shida is like a very attractive woman. It's like, but they're also like they can put on good matches. Yeah, Hikaru Shida is like a fantastic worker. Yeah, and she's also attractive. It's like it's, that these things aren't mutually exclusive. Like her job is to be a wrestler. Can yeah. she go out there and wrestle a good match? Oh, she can. That's what you care about. Right. And it's not like, okay, so Serena Deeb, I'm pretty sure plays down her look to play into her her gimmick, which is fine. That's no big. That's that's up to her. But you know. Nyla Rose is not what a lot of people would call conventionally attractive. Not really a big deal. You know, it's, it doesn't really fit with what her gimmick is. That's not what she's leaning into. But to have this kind of behavior popping up, you know, the, Meltzer brought up the story about a, uh, a referee named Chatterton back in the mm. 80s. Yeah, and he, the reason it stuck out to me is because in the middle of it, he says, "I heard later from Tom Zink, who wasn't always the most reliable person, but I heard this later from him." And I was like, "Oh my God, he buried Tom Zink so hard on that." But this has happened a lot, and then the other thing that came up was Alvarez asked him, "Are there?" moral clauses in their contracts and they started with the saudi deal and they're like okay that's laughable we're not even really going to talk about that they said but they are in the tv contracts it's not like they're usa and fox are just going to cancel these deals yeah but they're they are there which means they are also potential leverage and so we're pretty sure Johnny Ace is, is catching the boot. Yes. And good riddance. Don't hurt my feelings at all. By the way, if we remember, Johnny Ace is married to the mother of the Bellas, which means he needs to stay out of any state that Brian Danielson happens to be in. Because uh, I can imagine how well that's going to go. Oh, that's... I mean, <laughs> I don't know what's going on there, but that's yeah. real bad. Yeah, that's real bad. And then... We don't... No, it might be that the TV networks are like, this is such a bad look that um, we're going to talk to sponsors and we don't want Vince around anymore. This might be, that might be the takedown fulcrum here. Yeah. Uh, Meltzer was kind of like, you know, throwing his hands up in the air, like balance of the scales where it's like, I don't know. You got this one end, you got this on the other end. There is something that it is... It is true that other companies, it's like guys have been just 
fire for less. Yeah. But at the same time, what Vince Vince would have like a million excuses, like oh, it was a consensual relationship, mm-hmm. like, and he could he can even say it's like oh, like, you know, I can I paid the money out of my own pocket for the three million payout and everything like that. It's like that that also may also be true, but it's like, how do you get past the issue? That this woman was getting paid a hundred thousand dollars, and even if you say like, well, a hundred thousand dollars for like actual work she did, it's like that may be true, but then why did she get bumped up to literally double her pay? Yeah, whenever and the relationship started. There's no really good explanation. I mean, there is explanations. You could be like, well, you know, she was a really good worker, so she we thought to keep her. There's not you know, an ethical don't. explanation. Let's put yeah, it that there's way. no there's no real ethical one. And then that's to, that's a lot of people are saying like that's actually like the big one, like mm-hmm. a really troubling one, but. And there is this, I guess, mentality that that people still have. It's like, oh, Vince is a genius. Like he can't get rid of Vince. Vince is like the star of the show. Like he, he, he's the one who like makes all this magic happen. Like where we would be without Vince. And it's like I understand like back in the day, like that made a certain amount of sense, mm-hmm. but possibly not anymore. Right. And you know, on the other side of the scale, Meltz does kind of indicate it's like, well, the revenue for the WWE is pretty much locked in. For like years yeah. until those deals come up again and they'll probably get without saying it it's like unless the bottom falls out like they probably are going to get big deals like the, i would guess like the same level or higher because that's like the era we're in now where the era we're in now it's like it doesn't we know this because it's like that's how they kind of like are booking things and running things it's like you don't have to be you don't have to be good <laughs> they don't have like stop they don't have all of their top stars are like out roman's like pissing away doing whatever yeah over the summer he's on his he's enjoying his summer break cody just got injured yeah so he can't be around for yep. like potentially months oh orton is probably yeah. out for the rest of the year yeah orton was going to be like i guess like the 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 guy at least that challenged roman for SummerSlam. so that's like they would have obviously been building him up for like the next three months essentially better part of three months two and a half months and orton's back is hurt to the point where it's likely he's going to have to have surgery which would put him on the shelf for the rest of this year mm-hmm. and so then it's like well who the hell do you now push as like the main guy and it's like <laughs> who knows i mean their guys can be like well it should be this guy it should be like yeah. uh it should be Drew McIntyre or somebody like that. And it's like that logically you can make arguments for those people, but it's also like they're not doing that. And they kind of made these guys all look like jobbers. Yeah. And what are they going to do? But the response to that from Dave, and it kind of makes sense. It's like, well, it doesn't matter. Like, who cares? Because the money's already locked in. Mm-hmm. It's like you could literally go out there and you could have Miz for, two, for three hours on Monday and be like, yeah, I'm going to read The Great Gatsby. Let's begin. Chapter one. And it's like, you could be like, well, the ratings might plummet. It's like, yeah, well, they have contracts. So, I mean, obviously they wouldn't do that because they want the ratings to be at a certain level. Right. But it doesn't matter to them. And so, because we're in the streaming age, even if it, you need content, everything's content. Yeah. Then they want that deals with Peacock, like uh, the whole USA network and everything like that. Like they just want content. Everyone wants content. Mm-hmm. So stuff to put out there. Yeah. Like you said, doesn't have to be good. Just gotta have stuff. Yeah, so but, it's they're probably gonna get big contracts again when the when the rights come out to be renewed. So then it becomes it's also like the scale. It's like, well, if they're gonna be able to get this anyway, it's in theory. Yeah. 
then it's like and really nothing what they do creatively kind of matters no. they're not even putting effort into it basically they're putting like the most bare minimum effort yeah then it could be like well do we really need vents what do we need vents for yeah like we can do this other companies and that's that's also like a kind of an issue that vents might be running into like he did that's they haven't anticipated this it's like you can look at you can you can obsess over ratings week by week with the AEW shows because people do, mm-hmm. but AEW the fact that AEW within three years has been created and is essentially profitable. Yes, I don't know how in the black they are because Tony has invested a lot of money in like a video game which seems to have issues. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna see how that turns out. Yeah, but I mean, in theory, like uh, take away like expenditures on uh, talent and on other stuff like a video game, they seem like they are in the black. They would be in the black. Well, the and ratings. What, like, I'm sorry, Matt. Give me just the ratings yeah. that come along for both AEW and WWE are still some of the highest rated shows on cable. Even if yeah. ratings aren't what they used to be, they're still some of the highest rated shows on cable. So, AEW, just for last night's Dynamite, uh, and that was June 15th Dynamite, like mm-hmm. it didn't have like a great rating. Uh, and I think that was partly hurt by like the NHL finals. Mm-hmm. But I guess in like the, the important demo, it still was like number one of the night in right. cable. So yeah, you're right. Like it's it's dynamite even when it has like a bad week is still like really doing really really well and far better than when it was when it came on to to the Turner channels. Like it was it's doing far better than they anticipated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when their their deal is kind of come up, they're probably gonna get like a good deal. Yeah. And they haven't said what's going to happen there i think everyone's being very quiet about it because i think they're still probably working it out mm-hmm. but there is a lot of belief and i think it's good i think it's accurate like i think it's going to happen yeah. it would not shock me it's going to happen by the end of the year but there's probably going to be some sort of streaming deal yeah and most people seem to think because it's all under the same umbrella that it's going to be probably like something like hbo max right and Tony would be in a good position because yeah. at this point you have three years worth of AEW content. So you have Dynamites, you have Rampages, you have Dark even. And you uh, have the Ele- Ring of Honor catalog. Elevation. And you have Ring of Honor. And I don't know 100% the, the extent of the the actual contractual or working relationship that he has with Cyberfight, the Japanese company Cyberfight. Mm-hmm. But if it's a situation where he... The, the nature of the deal would or if he could talk them into it mm-hmm. like it would allow cyber fight content to be on that any potentially like streaming service that would be huge too because cyber fight does pro wrestling noah it does ddt pro wrestling and it does tokyo joshi pro wrestling wow um and now they have their own app they have wrestle universe which allows you to see all of those so i don't i don't know like they may be like well we have our own app we have our own content service like you, you do but, but- just yes, that have it, American penetration, so to speak. Exactly. Like, I don't know how many users they have worldwide. And if you're like, well, if we got HBO Max, we can get you on HBO Max for, like, easily if you just agree to this. It could be a situation where, like, they're st- they still run Wrestle Universe and they allow at least some of their content onto any streaming platform deal with AEW. Yeah. That would, to me, like, that would make sense. It's like, I don't know how much y'all are doing on 
Wrestle Universe streaming service. Mm-hmm. But HBO Max, let me actually look it up and see how much penetration like HBO Max has, like how many subscribers. But it's like, I guarantee HBO Max subscribers is going to be more... Um, okay, HBO Max allegedly has 76 point million global subscribers. Okay. Like, I... There's... There's going to be no chance. No. <laughs> that, that, uh, Wrestle Universe has that many. So if, the, if if you can go to Cyberfight and be like, look, if you let us have your content or some of your content, okay, I just looked at, oh my god, are you kidding me? What's up? Oh, oh this is old information, okay. but I can't imagine it has exploded that much. I'm I'm a member. I actually am a subscriber of Russell Universe. As of tw- January 2017, it had just under. I'll round up. It had 20,000 subscribers. Whoa, now that's five okay. years old numbers. So yeah. I imagine it could have grown. But it's but not it, kicked up to 75 million. No, if it had, if it grew like like the five times as much since then, it like it would only have 100,000 subscribers. And it's like it's. You know, if you're already doing these shows, why not throw a content on there? But I mean, if again, if Tony Khan is going to work out a deal, yeah. and it's going to be on HBO Max, where it's like you go to they they had their own like live sports, and they would be under the live sports umbrella. Mm-hmm. Um, which Mel, which Dave has a good point. It's like that's actually really good. Like yeah. the fact that that you're considering that content as quote unquote sports content, like yeah. is actually very very helpful in terms of like marketing mm-hmm. uh how you're going to present things to subscribers and stuff like that so if you could if tony could like work out a deal with cyber fight he's like look get your content or at least some like x number of hours of the content yeah we can make out a deal like it would be beneficial like it, that whatever deal that he can work out streaming yeah with hbo max or whomever even if like cyber fight were to get like just a a quarter or a fifth of what that amount would probably be like it would probably bring in exponentially more money than they're bringing in every year or per month tony might not even take a percentage on that he might just call it a loss leader to to get even more subscribers in and then potentially then, although yeah. i mean i think he could easily get he would have to get like some money it's like look peak, i'm sure the wwe is like what how much money are they making from that peacock deal like a billion yeah a year wwe's current corporate value is five billion that's what yeah and that's part of the reason why like people like well this could push vince out it's like vince owns like i want to say i heard 80 percent, but it could be even higher he owns 80 percent of the voting stock yeah so the way uh, i said that this would come up later wwe's stock the way it's structured is that there is type A stock and type B stock. Maybe these aren't the right terms, but just for the sake of making it easy, roll with me. Type A stock is if I went on to, I don't know, Robinhood or Ameritrade or whatever, and I was like, I'm going to buy WWE stock, I would be getting type A stock. Type B stock is if stock is owned by a member of the McMahon family, then it is type B stock. If it leaves a member of the McMahon family, it becomes type A stock. Type B stock has 10 times the voting power that type A stock does, and Vince holds 80% of this type B stock. 
basically he can make unilateral decisions because no matter what the board of directors would vote, he holds enough votes that he would just win. So it's... It's not like the board could vote him out unless there was a clause about a um, vote of no confidence. But could they have grounds for something like this? Well, I found somebody, and I don't know how straight up this is, but I'm going to talk about it anyway, that supposedly had a copy of the WWE handbook behavior code from the handbook that says, hey, don't be having, you know sexual relationships supervisors don't be having that with people other people at the company and stuff <laughs> they just copy and pasted that out of somebody else's thing I, I have to believe but you know it, it, he holds the majority on that so any kind mm-hmm. of move that's going to force him out is going to have to be a big big coup yeah that's why people are like, oh, it's going to push Vince out. It's like, well, he owns 80% of the voting stock. It's like that's – it's unlikely that it's he, you're going to be really, really be able to push him out. It's it's possible, yeah, but probably not likely. And what It's going to be a bigger – it's going to take a bigger move than what it, a lot of people think it yeah. would right now. And, and there are – basically the idea is like, well, they can just buy him out. It's like, well, again, the, the stock valuation of – WWE stock is like five billion. Yeah. So if you if you're going to force a sale, because I think we all three of us have agreed, it's like they're probably like gearing up for a sale. Right. They were just I personally felt like they were waiting till like the the next deals come up, make those deals for like big money. Yeah. And then be like, all right, we need this amount this amount of money. Yeah. Uh, for the deals for like selling the company because and it would be, it would be like a good it would in theory be like a good value because uh if you gotta have to pay like five billion or something for the company it's like well if, if you every year you're gonna be bringing in like two billion or something mm-hmm. between all the streaming deals and etc in addition to whatever revenue or something you're gonna generate from like live sales from merchandise etc that would be obviously like a you have the money like guaranteed essentially coming in yeah so i get it but it's like if you're like you're gonna, oh we're gonna force a sale it's like okay you better have at least five billion because yeah. that's what the socks right the now here's the the fun part what we were saying earlier also you know aew and wwe are, are some of the highest rated non or some of the highest rated tv show cable shows on cable so they're in this position of strength. But what ha- Okay, let's say that, just for a second, what happens? What happens if, if there is some kind of fulcrum that forces Vince out? And something I did not know, and this is going to feed into... <laughs> this is going to feed into my favorite... I've got two conspiracy theories on this I love. So please indulge me while I go bonkers on this. Um, <clears throat> who takes over, right? Because Vince's work schedule is insane. He sleeps three, four hours a night, and then he just works all the other time. Apparently, if you work there, you're basically on call without being paid for it. And I've seen job postings from this company. They are paying below market value for people, too. So what happens? Well, the discussion from the Observer thing was, Pritchard's next in line, but will he do it? It's like, well, no, he had a bad heart problem. 
Well, does that mean Triple H couldn't do it? Well, not with the way things are currently being handled. So my first conspiracy theory, and I didn't know this, but apparently, and I always wondered, why did this guy come to this company to start doing this stuff? I was confused by it. It seemed like he came out of nowhere. Did he just look around and be like, oh, I could come here and make a bunch of money doing this, and I don't really care about the... Nick Khan is a childhood friend of The Rock. And so my cons- my favorite conspiracy theory here is Vince gets bought out. And it is a conglomeration that is led by Nick Khan and The Rock putting investors together to buy the company. I would laugh and laugh and laugh and the idea came through my head the rock walks into the corporate office looks at vince and says what do you do here well i was the and then the rock pulls the it doesn't matter what you used to do here you're gone you know it not like that would actually happen but i it's it's too much fun to think about here's the other one that throws me and (laughs) it's a bunch of people seem to forget that uh, sometime in the last year, there's a fellow that got hired in a high-level executive position. Nobody's exactly sure what it was. But right now, we have featured online talent, AJ Styles. Backstage, we have formerly known as Abyss and Jeremy Borash in a high-level executive position. We've got Jeff Jarrett. Let's say Vince does get forced out. Who's going to run it? Jeff Jarrett running WWE, and all of a sudden we're back in TNA? It's too damn funny not to hope for. Hey, Shad? Yep. We're going to cross the line. We're going to cross the line. Cross the line. And then all of a sudden, there will be Jeff Jarrett. (laughs) Jeff Jarrett will finally draw a dime. I will pop... Like nobody's business <laughs> from the, my 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 little house, I would be like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, I'm gonna sound like uh, Joey Styles back like, "Oh my, god, oh my god!" Yeah, they people will hear me cackling down the street. Is what will happen. Jeff Jarrett is the uh, the SVP of live events. Okay, all right. Special uh, vice president in charge of live events. Senior vice president of live events. Uh, and I was kind of like happy. It's like, oh, that's great that he's like has that gig, but the it's not it is not impossible implausible that he actually is going to be running the company. That's at at least this, at least the creative side. That's how this could be going. People like don't appreciate like that. Like, folks, you don't understand. Like realistically, it's like Vince could still stay on, but it's like this is a really serious. Like when the Wall Street Journal is carrying this, yeah. covering this, it's like real deal. Yeah, yeah, it's real to a Holyfield, folks. It's this, you could go real sideways for that. This this ain't just coming out on ringside news. This is this is like yeah. legit. Like the the Carney business has hit the front page in a big way. Mm-hmm. And I know I just said you know Vince had this crazy work schedule, but here part of it is the fact that the guy does it all himself. He doesn't let other people handle stuff. He handles all this himself. So what could happen very easily is you could have a vice president in charge of creative. You could have a vice president in charge of you know the business aspect of it, and they don't have to be the same person. They talk to each other, but they don't have to be the same person. And business could be like, hey, look, 
this guy is getting more ratings, selling more merch. I want you to do more stuff with him. The creative guy goes, all right, I'm on it. And so you you don't this if if Vince is forced out or if there is a sale or something I don't know if it does happen it's not like and we've said earlier they're in a stable place it's not like this would sink the company what would sink the company is if Disney bought it and then you had the wild wide world of Disney wrestling and just everything that would entail like that 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 could get down there real quick but yeah this there the reason why i love the jeff jared stuff <laughs> is that if you actually if you have an appreciation or understanding of historical context it would be so <laughs> amazingly like delicious <laughs> and i say that because back in the 90s when vince was going through like the whole big steroid trial and there was a really really good chance he that was Vince was going to go yes go down and be in federal prison for an undisclosed like but probably years of his of his life the person that Vince tapped to replace him at least creatively in the yeah. company and run things was Jess' father Jerry Jarrett <laughs> yes so the idea that decades later that Jeff is the one who has to come in and replace Vince McMahon. It's like you can't write so much of, of wrestling is like a soap opera. You yeah. can't write a soap opera like this. Not this it's, delicious. It's not as it's not even believable. If you were to tell someone this, like look, here's a story, and it, it, if in theory, like if Jeff were to take over, yeah, if you were to explain this to people, they'd be like, no, that's like that, that's, that's too ridiculous. that's too out there. That's um that's like not believable. Come on, it's like no. This is real. <laughs> Matt, let's throw in the other wrinkle. Remember, Jeff Jarrett's the guy that held Vince up for a big extra payout because yes. his contract ran out and he still held the Intercontinental title. This is the guy that basically stuck up Vince McMahon at gunpoint. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. And so the possibilities here are, are fascinating. And the thing is, we have... Nobody has any idea what's likely to happen. No, there's no. The only thing that anyone can be about sure of is that Johnny Ace is going down and couldn't happen to a nicer prick. I, I guess I'm so used to Vince skating on multiple things that I still kind of feel like this is not going to be the end. Like he's not going to. This is the, the thing that's going to like take Vince out. Even though he's seventy-six-year-old pervert, it's like just <laughs> he, he, him putting out being put out the pasture. I wouldn't think it's the worst thing. Although there, I do, I kind of have bought into it. It's like if if the McMahon's are like removed from WWE, it's like will the WWE survive? And the question is like I don't know. And I'm not saying that because oh, creative genius Vince McMahon, but he's had periods. But it's more like Vince. When you have a company that it's like your it's your basically family business you're putting yeah. all of your life into it yeah. like then greater chance that it will succeed i because you like you have to make it succeed it's yeah. like what you do and it's kind of like how like why is AEW doing well i think that's in part because like tony khan is it's his baby he's like putting yeah. all of his his heart and soul into it so i i wonder that question it's like when the once vince like is removed through death or other means, uh, legally, uh, yeah. is the WWE going to survive 
you know, at least long term. And the, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but, no idea. It's it, it, uh, short term. It will, but no idea long term. Yeah, long term. I don't know, but it's in, everything's interesting. Yes, yes, it is. So the um, we're gonna we. <laughs> We are, you know, us along with everybody else and Pips too is going to keep an eye on this. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we'll. It, it just reminds me though. I don't know if you saw it. this. Is like some dude made this joke like on Twitter ages ago about Donald Trump. Uh, but I think it applies like Vince McMahon. It's like it, the joke. Uh, I'll using Vince instead of of uh, Trump. Yeah. It's like I like to see old Vinnie Mac work us like weasel weasel his way out of this jam. <laughs> Parentheses, Vince weasels his way out of the jam easily. Yeah. Ah, well, nevertheless. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Um, I would say, like, mitigate your expectations. But this this is really bad. Like, if, even if Vince survives on this, it's like he's probably – I mean, he has – people have perceptions of Vince. So it's like I'm gonna, I would say, like, oh, it's going to turn his reputation. But it's like this may diminish his power in some way. Yeah, it, with well, the board or other ways. It's there's like, gonna have to be some kind of repercussion. Yeah. Um. But I don't know what. You know, I don't have any idea. I don't know about enough about this stuff to be able to really forecast it. So it's it's just, gosh, it's it's fascinating in seeing the whole Carney thing starting to come apart right like it being dragged kicking and screaming into into the contemporary age in some fashion mm. so i'm i'm just super curious about it so you know obviously this is the biggest story that uh is going on in the wrestling world mm-hmm. uh, here quick addendum something that in the midst of this just about everybody forgot about but the lawyers representing the artist formerly known as Sasha Banks are working <laughs> on getting her her release finalized. Yeah, no I word on Naomi, but I wanted to mention that uh, because that was kind of in everything that was happening with Vince last night. It's like, oh yeah, and BT dubs. Uh, <laughs> Sasha may be gone. Like she may have gotten her release. I actually, I thought I had heard back in the day, like a month or so ago, when all that broke. I thought I had heard like, well, she has like two months left on her contract anyway. So it's like. I don't know if that's accurate, but uh, assuming her contract was going to be up reasonably soon, it's like, well, she's going to be gone. And I don't – people are like – I saw a lot of uh, discussion uh, on social media today where it's like, well, uh, you know, oh, she's – where's she going to go? AEW? Is she going to do a tour of Japan? It's like she might do all those things, but – Or none. But she might just be like, ah, uh, yeah, like I'm done with wrestling for a while. I'm going to go – do some uh, Hollywood stuff and she could like she's she's look she's a very very attractive woman she's only 30 yeah like she has options probably so we'll see what happens we'll see if she like gets her release I imagine she probably will um and we'll see what she does after that yeah in the middle of all this that seems like small potatoes to just be like that's something I don't want to worry about right now yeah and then then I want to go ahead ahead. no 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 I was just gonna say it's small potatoes right now, but then again, we have underestimated the pettiness of Vince McMahon before. So, yeah, who knows? What was the other and thing you had? I, the one last thing. This is just like a really quick aside. It's like because we just had this whole discussion about like, well, who who does the WWE run with right now? Like, they don't have anyone as like the big thing for 
for Roman or for just who's going to carry them. Yeah. Uh, and I threw out Drew McIntyre, which it really should be, because like that's the guy that they should have like a couple years ago been pushing as like this is like our new guy. Yeah. Like, and they should they they absolutely should have done that, but they haven't really done that. Um, I think they probably will only because like I guess the September pay per view is the one in the UK, Clash yeah. of the Castle, so they're probably going to push him at least by then. But someone in this other group that I'm a part of threw this out there, and initially you might be like, well, really him? But then you think about it, and the work he just did in Impact, it's like, why not? Why not do this? Someone suggested hire Big Cass, really, and push, and push him as like the guy. And you might be like Big Cass, like, but then this, the work he has just recently done in Impact. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, this is absolutely like the guy they want. He's big, he has like a lot of size, and he has actually improved a bunch. He's not a, still a great worker, but he has. You could do enough smoke and mirrors with that dude that you could just make him actually like work. So maybe, maybe they should hire him back. Wow, that would he's be. He's done. He's he's done with Impact, so he can go anywhere. That that fits with with Brad's description of Impact being the place you go to rehab your image too. Mm-hmm. But there's some stuff on the table. I saw some people talking about, well, you bring back Bray at this point. And I'm like, you know, I'd be kind of shocked if that one came together. But, uh, I mean, yeah, he's not contracted anywhere, and supposedly he's he's got a plan for it, so, hell, who knows? I, I'm just baffled that they worked this whole thing out because the idea is then... We're going to unify the titles, and that way we can have Roman on both shows and make both networks happy. And then Roman's like, by the way, not going to be around this summer. Sorry. Bye. Who was... Everything's got to go through the same guy. How did he forget? Right? But here we are. Um, So, I don't know. It's, It's... It is the most uncertain time in... WWE's history since probably early Attitude Era. Maybe all the way back to the steroid trial, I'm not sure. It might be. And even though I'm not, you know, I'm not watching the stuff, I kind of keep a slight eye on what's going on. I'm going to be real curious to see what their decision-making process is going to be here. Um, And if it seems tone-deaf or not, so... It's could, gonna be fascinating. We could see not him removed, yeah, but we could we actually could see like Vince kind of being like effectively removed from creative until all this like gets sorted out. I don't know. It's mm. like really, it's everything's a question mark. Yeah, it, you're right. Everything is a question mark. I don't. Yeah. Oh gosh, it's. Uh, golly, I, I, if, if they were to, for some reason, call us up tonight, I'd probably look at it and be like, I don't know if there's enough you could pay me to take on the headache that you guys are facing right now. Uh, but it's, it's, it's an uncertain time. So everybody who's out there listening, uh, first of all, yeah, uh, I know we were kind of pushing back on some stuff that we had said we were going to be doing here real soon, but that's barring current circumstances. Uh, we will have our Predator review coming up soon. We will mm-hmm. be hitting our the requests that came in soon. And uh, I think there's a couple other things that we'll be 
coming down the pike. This is just too big not to talk about. Oh, this is like the biggest. Yeah. If, if honestly, if if it was just Jeff Hardy, DUI, and Sasha Banks possibly yeah. release, like that would be like really big news. Yeah. But <laughs> this this is um... the Vince stuff is great. Some I uh, someone made a joke. I think it was actually made. It may have been Trevor Dame, but it's like we are uh, like. Ric Flair having a heart attack or a stroke away from Jeff from Dave Meltzer like not finishing the observer <laughs> <laughs> of the observer until like 2023. That's, oh God, yes, Rick is gonna there. What was it? Um, Gerald Briscoe's like, no, Rick shouldn't be in there. He's got a pacemaker. One wrong move and it'll just quit. And I'm like, are you aware of like everything going on with that whole like last match thing? I know they're charging 200 bucks for it. Yeah, friend of the show, Justin Justin. <laughs> Was sending me things and it's like they're Rick is charging like two hundred to two fifty like on the on like fight. I'm like what? That's for like no. the whole thing. That includes the roast and and the sh- the whole show and that sort of stuff. But... I have not paid that much for the collective shows which happen around every mania. Yeah. And when I I have bought those like last like two three years, and they can get pricey. Yeah. But you also get like a dozen shows for that. So even if you're paying like 120 or something, 140, it's like you're paying like at most like 10 to 15 bucks per for show. everything. Yeah. Yeah, for per show, especially. So it's like, well, that's like what Fight basically charges for shows anyway. They charge within like the 10 to 20 dollar range usually. Yeah. So it's like, but and, and but. Y'all ain't gonna give me like no a dozen shows for this Ric Flair list. No, no, that's that's so. not gonna happen. So I and this is what like the fourth or fifth last Ric Flair match too. So he's kind of like Terry Funk. He just wouldn't go out uh, until Terry Funk didn't have a choice. Uh, so apparently Rick still feels like he has enough of a choice, but we'll see. We may be back next week with even more bonkers stuff. Oh God, but. I would really. It's, <laughs> this I contemporary can't. stuff has gotten out of our ballywick, you know. I can't chat. I can't deal with any major, major issues with the wrestling going on. <laughs> Let's hope uh, and pray that there's like a, not another like Me Too movement or anything. Just, <laughs> just the the sheer volume of everything right now has been really hard to keep up with. It might get to where it's like. All right, between the three of us, we've got to break up the new stuff. You track this, you track this, and you track this, and we'll go from there. What Sean uh, Ross Shap, Sapp from Fightful had a, yeah. a really funny joke, but he's like the the MGF controversy was like six major controversies ago. <laughs> and it's like you think about it, it's like oh my god, that was like a month ago. Yeah, even, not even a month ago. Not even like, a month. A couple of weeks, wasn't it? And it does seem it seems yes, and it's like that seems like so long. Ago. Yeah. <laughs> There, there's an old Tim Wilson song that I liked. That he, the way he recounted his memories was how many cars ago it was. And it's like that seems like two cars ago, but it was really only a couple of weeks. So, sheesh. Okay, everybody, thank you for joining us. This episode went uh, a little longer than we were planning on, but there's just so much. So, um, we would love to hear from you on our social media, um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, if you got requests, DM them to us. We'll we'll get to them. we'll get to them when the world calms down a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. 
And so, um, this is this is Shad and Matt. Uh, we've been in in two corners, and we hold the third for Brad when he gets back. You've been in the fourth, and we'll catch you next time. <laughs>